time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. All right, welcome back. I am Cody. I'm Kathy. And you're listening to episode 60 of the Weight Endurance Podcast. And we're this is installment two of our special event prep series of podcasts that we're doing to get us caught back up. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back and listen to episode 59, the last episode, where we kind of introduced this idea where we've just gotten back from a bunch of racing, um, haven't podcasted in a while, so we want to get the ball rolling again and do a six series uh, sort of quick bits. Quick um, bits. Quick bits uh, episodes about hopefully around 20 minutes um, kind of sharing some race or event prep Mm-hmm. things we've learned or re remembered well it's really um, fresh on our minds because we've been doing this perfect cactus cup and puerto rico and arkansas yeah exactly so, so a lot of things this show is uh race week strategies okay and this is um pertaining mostly to a races although it can pertain maybe on a slightly smaller scale to b races um, but not to c races so to reiterate quickly on that a C race is something, uh, it's a l- very low priority event that basically just replaces that day's training. So if there's like a local race on Saturday, instead of doing your interval workout that's maybe on your plan or whatever that you'd normally do, you're going to plug in this C race to go do it. You're getting your intensity and um, there's tons of value. We talked about that in the last episode to those early season or, or pre-season um, races and C races. A B race has a little more priority um, and you typically pop that into your schedule and only adjust maybe two to three days prior. So uh, if it's a Saturday race, the typical one is you train your normal week up to Wednesday, then Thursday is usually a day off or a recovery day, and then Friday is like a race prep day, opener kind of workout to get ready, and then you do your race. And then depending on the length and intensity of the race, you may need a couple days recovery or or not, depending who you are um, after that. But that's like minimal adjustments. And then your A race is where your whole plan is built around it. So what we're going to talk about this episode is pertaining definitely to A race and to a small degree to B races as well. But I'm going to argue with you just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'm just noticing like one of the things we'll talk about is like keeping your equipment clean. I think and like up to date you want that for every day and if and you sure. see race yeah you can <laughs> so, wash your bike every day no, i don't mean wash your bike every day but like all these things we're going to talk about is sort of like how we think you should like live your life anyway like reducing stress eating well sleep oh yeah yeah prepping so uh, you just said it, it doesn't apply to sea races and it does okay yes if yeah you threw me off <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to it um the show is sponsored by pressery um our favorite fresh made cold shipped broth and noodles um now you can order them online have them shipped right to your door and you can even subscribe on a subscription order basis which is super cool i love subscriptions yeah that's what we do so we have a delivery once a month with our bone broth um, and you can use discount code weight 10 all capitals w-a-i-t-e and the number 10 
uh, when you check out, get 10 bucks off your order and or your regular subscription order. So yeah, um, I ch- would check them out at pressery.com. Highly recommend you all check them out. Give it a try, at least one shipment, because the bone broth benefits are just amazing. And it's a wonderful way to get more nutrition into your diet mm-hmm. than having to, A, make the bone broth yourself, which I saw a girl on Facebook, Shannon, spent like all weekend making her own bone broth. Oh, it takes a long time. Hats yeah. off to her. Like, she's superwoman, but I don't have time for it. It's like a long, simmer... Insane process. Yeah. She, like, she documented it for everyone. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to order from Pressery. It's a lot of work. And yeah. they have, like, all wonderful ingredients. So, um, And it's the best tasting one. I've tried a lot. I know. Um, and I, I'm just thinking about, too, how we don't eat a lot of meat, and this is a good way to get those. Yeah. Um, collagen. Collagen and all B the... B vitamins. Yeah. All the good stuff that comes from eating more meat. Yeah, so there you go. Give it a go. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm going to say one, I don't even know if it's really a full sentence, but it will sort of epitomize the whole show. The key takeaway. And those that are like in a hurry, you could stop listening to the show. Hopefully you don't, but you could. The key takeaway on race week is to reduce your stress to maximize your performance. That's Preach. That. You could hit stop right now. Okay, say it one more time. <laughs> Reduce stress to maximize your performance. So let's get into that a little bit. There's basically, what do I have here? Five kind of categories. Okay. Recovery. That obviously helps reduce stress. We're going to talk a little bit about like training, what you would do um, training-wise to kind of keep you sharp and, and maximize performance, but also improve recovery. We're going to talk about nutrition briefly. Diet, nutrition, um, equipment. That's a favorite topic of yours lately, I think, after dealing with the we development. (laughs) (laughs) And they're endless knocking on the door. I need help. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, And then lastly, travel. Because often, not always, but often one's A race involves traveling. That's true. Even if it's a couple-hour drive or a multi-hour flight or whatever, there's travel logistics to kind of do that. So ways to reduce the stress so you maximize your performance. All right, let's dig into it. Let's Um, dig in. All right, so recovery, it sounds simple and obvious, but basically when you're going into like an, a, a B or definitely an A race uh, week, you're reducing the training volume mm. because bringing down the training volume, the number of minutes and hours you train can then oh my God. improve your recovery. And that's so hard for some people. It is. Like Ethan, I'm going to call him out because <laughs> he probably won't listen. It, he's at one of the kids on the Wii race team. He, like, fussed right before Arkansas, or maybe we were in Arkansas. He's like, I barely ridden my bike. And right. I was like, oh, good, congratulations, <laughs> you followed the plan. Right, right. That's really hard for people. Yeah, because it feels like you're, get, like, losing shape or form or whatever. Yeah. But it's just part of the process. It's part of the process. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I said to him. I said, Ethan, you have to trust the process and trust your coaches. Like, we're here to make you race the best you can. Right. Right. And then the other thing that goes along with the reduced training volume is to maximize your sleep hours and quality Oof, of your yeah. sleep. So if you're, if you're used to training, say, 12 hours a week, and you're going to reduce it to six hours a week on the race week, take those six extra hours that you're used to maybe using in training. And not that you'll put all six into sleeping, but maybe even if just like two extra hours go to sleeping, that's going to help you recover lower stress levels and help you maximize Well, oh, maybe the, the other four hours are just more resting, which I do struggle or with. Or just straight up resting, exactly. Um, and then another big piece, and we've been kind of, I guess the word is harping or hounding or coaching. We'll call it coaching. Oh, coaching, yes. <laughs> coaching our young athletes 
is to reduce distractions and being overly stimulated、mm-hmm. in your like regular day. And we see this, I think adults too, but clearly hanging out with teenagers for the last couple of weeks, you see it. Like plain as day, the amount of like distractions and overstimulation、mm-hmm. that they don't even realize they're in the midst of. Right. That's the interesting thing. Like the music on、part. all the time, the, the Xbox that somebody brought on. And I, <laughs> I, was, I was embarrassed at how many times I had to ask them to turn things down because I know they thought I was annoying, but I couldn't take it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, to sound old, it's like today's day and age, right? Where everyone's always being entertained by their device or, or whatever. I was like, for God's sakes, read an effing book. <laughs> <Right> . And I, yeah, I mean, even before we left for our trip, I, in our Zoom calls, I think I was like, you guys should go to the library and get some books. Does、They、anyone know what a library、books? is? Yeah.、Um, But anyway, I, and I told them, like, prepare to be bored while we're in Arkansas in between these races. But yeah, I, I don't think they were bored. But that was part of the problem because it was so exhausting to be there for 10 days and to race two weekends. Right. And some of them did not do a very good job reducing their stimulation between、right. weekends. And by the time they got to the second weekend, they were pretty darn exhausted. For sure, for sure. And being fresh on my mind, too, there's this great compare and contrast experience for、yeah, the two weeks in, in Puerto Rico. Versus the two weeks in Arkansas, right? And they were a week or two apart from each other. So pretty close. So fitness probably didn't change a whole lot.、Mm-hmm. Um, so Puerto Rico,、um, it was an interesting environment because we were at the, the Puerto Rican Olympic Training Center, and that's where the race venue was held as well. So it's a big piece of property that has like bunkhouse dormitory style setup with a cafeteria,、mm-hmm. uh, rooms, and then you, it was, you, no one had a car. Like we were all in there, and it was. Basically, because of COVID, they were trying to keep everyone was tested before coming in. You were contained, and everyone was like getting the same food and together, not going out off the premises for the most part.、Um, and then they were doing frequent COVID testing. But what was really, well, what was slightly annoying about this is like the bunk beds and things weren't ideal. And I remember internally myself freaking out a little bit, like, because I'm kind of asleep.、Uh, at it, like, what would I mean? I'm, well, it's, it's, it's a, Pivotal importance to you to have like optimal sleep. Right. And so at first I was freaking out. And then over the, as the days went by, I was like, actually, this, I'm having the best sleep and recovery of my life because the amount of distractions that w- might normally occur were eliminated. There was no TV,、mm-hmm. there w a s very little opportunities to play music, no video games. There,、um, you know, a, a lot of this stuff was greatly reduced. The internet quality was terrible. Um, you know, yeah, didn't you say you were just in the bedroom, like stretching and rolling and reading your book? Yeah, it was quite warm outside, so you kind of wanted to be inside a good amount. But,、um, and then also, the majority of the participation were the junior UCI racers from、mm-hmm. North, South, and Central America.、Um, so it was a lot of kids. So walking around like the little common areas felt it was like throwback to like high school days or college days.、Um, like, The, the groups of the, the young people hanging out. And often it was like the countries of the teams, but not always. And so there was, there was that interaction. But for me, as one of the adults there, there were probably more than I just didn't recognize, or they were probably all in their rooms too. But I would go into, my, into the room that I was sharing with Sophia and Toby on our team and you know, read a book or roll and stretch or take a, a nap or whatever it was. And so it was great. And I experienced many positives with it.、Um, you know, the whoop scores were through the roof, you know, in the green a lot, and all that kind of stuff. 
and then also conveying that over to Toby and Sophia as roommates, like, hey, I'm going to be probably going to bed pretty early. You guys <laughs> right. try to do the so same, you, you know? Did. Leave me alone. And they were pretty respectful of that. And they, I think they got to bed a little earlier than they maybe otherwise would have. Right. And they were off their feet more. And then also living with the two of them, sharing the room, I was pretty, we'll say strict, about like forcing them to lay down and rest, especially in the two days leading up to their events. Yeah, we've really joked. For, okay, Toby is like one of our favorites. He's just so sweet and kind and fun and social. And it's like, that's who you want to be with you when you're in a new group because he'll he'll cut through all the awkwardness and make mm-hmm. everyone happy. Yeah, make great but personality. Because of that, he like has a strong drive towards being with people. And we've teased that we've like duct taped him to the the bed the day before the race and mm-hmm. he would rest and then he crushed it like you mentioned in the previous episode he, yeah he had the he breakthrough finished ra- six right in his race it was incredible exactly and so it really worked and I, so i think it was kind of eye-opening for them as well and then to compare and contrast that to our time in arkansas where we had eight riders of the team i think something like that eight riders of the team in a house one house oh i think there were more i think there were like 14 of us it was a large group, yeah, but was, eight of the, I think it was, whatever it was, it was a large group and there was a TV, there was video games, there was endless supplies of music. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were a couple vehicles so people could kind of come and go to the store and whatever excuse There was a lot of grocery away. shopping. There was a lot of meal planning, which you forgot to mention about oh, Puerto Rico right. is that they provided meals in the cafeteria. Right, so you didn't have to cook or clean. We just showed up and right. ate, which was great. Maybe stand in line for a few minutes was the, the worst thing, but... Yeah, that was massive, actually. Good. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, so, yeah. So, in, in Arkansas, it was, like, distraction central. And I tried my best to remind. We both did. To remind them, like, and really try, like, the day before the race. Like, get off your feet. Like, if you're standing, sit down. If you're sitting down already, lay down. You know, it's like, <laughs> do the most you can. But we were so naggy. We were extremely naggy. I'm sure they got kind of tired of it. <laughs> they hate us now. Um but, but in contrast, Toby didn't. He didn't really perform do quite as well. well. Yeah, he and, was worn out. Yeah, and I think some others, you know, others did better than than others. But um, it was tough, and I, you know, I think if we were going to do that again, we'd do it a little bit differently, not do right. like a big house kind of thing and all that. But all that said, with the main point is reducing your stress levels and. Sometimes you don't even realize that, like watching videos on your phone or or TV or whatever. That's like stimulation. It's going to keep you stimulated. You're not going to maybe sleep quite as well. And mm-hmm. definitely being social and active and other things, you know, that it, it takes a toll for sure. Um, it so does. We saw it clearly. That. So just for people to be aware of that for themselves. Yeah. It's all about minimizing the distractions, maximizing your time off your feet and resting and recovering as best as you can and your lifestyle will allow um, on race week. Um, number two, yeah. Training. So there's not a lot of training necessary race week. Mm -hmm. It's basically one of two things. You're either doing a short ride with a little bit of intensity to kind of stay sharp and fresh, keep the legs feeling good, get the heart rate up just Mm -hmm. briefly, just to kind of, um, be ready to race. Or you're going very easy in terms of recovering and not accumulating more stress from training. So again, it's all about reducing stress. But you want to do enough riding and just enough intensity on race week to keep you feeling fresh as well. You don't want to, if you were to only do recovery rides for like say five days going into your Saturday race, 
you'd probably be a little flat or stale feeling. You know, it might take you longer to warm up, which is maybe okay in a really long race, Mm -hmm. but a short, quick, punchy race, it's not ideal. So that's what those sharpening workouts or opener workouts you hear people say like the day before a race are intended for. Um, The other thing, this is mostly mountain bike and cyclocross specific, um, but it applies a little bit to road racing and and gravel stuff, I would assume as well as um, Mm pre-riding. a course. So the long distance stuff, you're not going to pre-ride the whole dirty Kansas or whatever, or unbound. <laughs> yeah. The Leadville 100 be the week of the race, but you might pre-ride the opening 10 miles or the closing 10 miles or whatever. So you know what to expect. Cross country mountain biking, you can definitely ride the whole course and probably multiple times. Um, Especially when it's, it's like a lapped course. Olympic style. Yeah, like yeah. a lap course. But you have to be careful. You don't overdo it. So, we, I mean, that was a little challenging for the, the we riders. We, yes. Like I remember so one kid said, I'm going to go ride four laps. And I was like, uh, I think Cody wants you to do one or two. Right. Because you're riding over to the venue and back to the house. Right, right. So, so it's easy to overdo it. And you see this a lot um, with elites too, but also a lot with juniors of they're – overly eager and enthusiastic maybe they're f- not sure of the course or they love the course but they want to just ride it more and mm-hmm. it's like whoa you know hold back like you want to do enough so you're feeling very comfortable and confident but no more than what's necessary to get there on a technical course that can be a tricky balance it is tricky yeah and especially if you're like traveling so it's like foreign soil and rocks and environment or you know things like that right but, so you have to do go into it thinking do the bare minimum to get you to having the confidence you need for, for racing, right? pre-riding and stuff. Um, a little tricky, but it's always better to err on the side of saving it for the race day. Right. I think so, for sure. Yeah. I definitely think so. Um, and then lastly, you know, recovery and mobility. I think that's key. I know we're both big fans of mobility, training, stretching, mm-hmm. rolling, um, Activating. Activating with a lot of the kind of the movements you have in your train heroic program and stuff. So again, much like the sharpening workouts, it's just you're doing enough to stay activated. Yeah, you activate those glutes so they're working as if you drove 12 hours from Denver to Arkansas, your back probably hurts. So we did a few little activation and right. group workouts together and that was fun. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the training side. Do just enough to stay fresh and sharp. But no more than what's necessary. Otherwise, get off your feet. Yeah. Otherwise, you're increasing stress rather than decreasing it. Um, Nutrition. This is fairly straightforward and logical, but you know you're eating to fuel your event. So if you have a big race coming up, like big volume race distance, you need to keep up the eating. It's definitely not a time to like be cutting and trying to get to race weight. Like that should have been done (laughs) done. at least a week, if not two weeks before. Um, the, your main events, main event. So now you're trying to fuel the event that's coming up. No cyclocross, shorter, you know, crits, cross country Olympics. You know, just probably eat your normal diet. You don't really have to put tons of normal, healthful but quantity diet. Um, if you're doing the long distance stuff, you might need to actually eat a little bit more than what you might think. Because mm-hmm. um, as a side note, you know, like when you're trying to get down to race weight, and this is speaking more to adult athletes, you want to get down even a little below your race rate target about two weeks before your goal race, because then when you fuel up 
to have your glycogen stores filled and hopefully even overfilled slightly if you can, you're going to gain weight because it retains water and whatnot. So my example, I race really well historically at 144 pounds. I like to try to get to 142 pounds a week or two before Leadville. And then I know I'm going to bump up to 144 with fully stocked glycogen levels. Um, so a little side note there. Um, and then just eating quote unquote clean. I mean, I think that term's overused and misused, but you want foods that you know, the individual that works for you. Um, and to me, that's clean, like foods, you know, you can eat a good amount of, and they just kind of go through your system and you're happy. Right. You feel good after you've consumed the meal. Right. You don't have an upset stomach. You're not going to worry if it's going to keep you from using the bathroom the next day. Exactly. It's just good stuff. Right. So it's going to be different for different people, but hopefully you've figured that out in the weeks and months leading up to your event. Um, and then also nu- like race nutrition, race day nutrition, like I'm thinking like drinks and gels and things, is get that like a week or two or more ahead of time. Get like loaded up so you have what you need because okay. we ran into that in Puerto Rico um, – and maybe even other races. It was Cactus Cup. Remember, three of the kids drove down together. And they didn't have stuff. They had nothing with them. And they were and like, they, they assumed they could pick it up. Yeah, they, they thought, yeah. oh, we'll just go to the store. Right. Well, when you're traveling and you don't know what time you're going to arrive in town, it just, just doesn't always work. Like the, the bike shop was closed the day they arrived. Then they didn't plan well the next day and they didn't do it in the morning. And then after the time trial, the bike shop was closed again. And we're trying to stock the you know, talk to the kids on Friday night before they race Saturday morning at eight o'clock and three of them had zero gels. Right. Um, yeah. So plan ahead is the bottom <laughs> line. So annoyed at stock them. up and plan ahead. Um, and don't try to acquire your race nutrition at the race. Right. Rather show up to the race with your race nutrition. Um, equipment. Yeah, so, number four. Yeah. So this is a big one. Um, really big one. Cause over the years as coaches and, We've seen so many people like shoot themselves in the foot. Like mm. they've done perfect preparation. They're it's in great shape. They're like the favorite to win the race or their age group or whatever. And they were too cheap to buy a new pair of tires. And they get a flat. Yeah. Um, as one example um, from years ago that we, yeah. <laughs> we still hang on to. <laughs> um, so the bottom line here wash your bike. You should do that once a week anyway, ideally. I know a lot of people are busy and that, that might seem like a pipe dream. You should also get eight to nine hours of sleep, probably the same category. But Stay focused on equipment. Yeah, stay focused on equipment. So clean your bike. If for no other reason, a clean bike just operates and feels better. But while you're cleaning it is a good opportunity to take a look at What's this little mark here? Oh, it's a crack. Oh, crap. You know, do that the, you know, a week or more before mm-hmm. so you can figure out what you're going to do. Or, oh, my tire tread, you know, after you've cleaned it, it looks a little low. I need some new tires. Um, or like the sidewall threads are starting to show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Clean your bike and then, you know, inspect it. You know, oh, see my what chain looks like it needs to be replaced. Right. When's the last time I did that? Right. Because we got to remember, and I think so many people, especially young people, forget and overlook that like these are machines and machines wear out and if you're competitive you're probably using your machine a lot because you love to do it it's like your hobby or your sport so it's wearing out probably quicker than you think um and when we're talking about like lightweight racing bicycles the stuff the equipment in general is not built for like overly long durability right it's built to be light and fast well with lightness and fastness usually comes decreased lifespan so you need to replace things like brake pads chains 
um, tires. Those are probably in grips. Those are probably like the four biggest things on mountain bikes, at least. Um, and then other things like your cassette and your chain rings and things like that might need to be replaced. Well, even if your tires don't need to be replaced, like checking that you have fresh sealant. Yes, tire sealant. Remember that happened to Jack down at the Cactus Cup. His right. tire was fine tread wise. He had a little bit of a puncture, puncture, and yeah. no sealant. And the seat had because he hadn't filled it up for months, and it was basically empty. But had he had sealant, it probably would have yeah, sealed it was up. A bummer. Fine. So check those things, replace things as they need it. Um, you know, it's even better to do this regularly, but at least on Monday before your Saturday race, like mm-hmm. take that rest day that's usually there in our training plans, at least, and wash your bike, inspect it. Then you have three, four, five days to figure out how to rectify the situation. Um, and then also like just dial things in. So this comes to mind with Arkansas tire pressure situations. It's like once you're the week of the race, like that's the time to like figure out your suspension pressure, your uh, tire pressure, all those mm. sorts of things that are specific to the race that you're going to be doing. Cause maybe at home you run one tire pressure, but we quickly found out that that pressure does not work in Arkansas. You have to bump things up. And uh, asking people, was very helpful, right? right? It was like some of the kids have been there for a few days and they're like, oh, no, 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 you have to bump it up. It's like, right. oh, thank you for telling me. Right, right, exactly. Um, and then lastly, the golden rule, most people are aware of this, is don't try anything new on race week, equipment-wise or nutrition-wise. Mm. Yeah, I remember so, when you did that at Leadville? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the time to, yeah, I got this cool new fork that's a pound lighter, I'm going to pop it on. You know, it's not the time to do that. No. Like just ride the fork you've been riding that's a pound heavier, you're going to be better off and then switch the fork out after the race um, or whatever that is. And even small things will make a difference. You know, don't, don't do anything new um, equipment wise or nutrition wise um, the week of the race. Well, unless it's a new tire, but that's the reason to change the tire a few days before the race. So you have time to ride it and sure. make sure it's sealed properly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. So not to clarify that. And lastly, um, yeah, and then the last one is travel. Like we said, oftentimes an A race in particular requires some form of travel, whether it's uh, automobile or, or airplane. Um, and figuring out, you know, you want to figure out when to travel. Hopefully, you figured that out, especially if it's a flight way ahead, so you have your tickets. Um, but it also relates to like where the race is going to be. Like, is it going to be hotter than what you're used to? Like in our case with Puerto Rico, um, you know, you want to get there a little earlier to adapt. Um, is it going to be colder? Um, is it at altitude? You know, is the course something that first can you pre-ride? Do you need to pre-ride? Those sorts of things will help you determine like when you're going to travel to the race. In general, I would say to reduce stress and maximize performance, usually traveling to the venue a couple of days before is the best. So you can kind of get have a day to get situated, situated, and sort of recovered from traveling and then have another day to do all your prep and preview and then race. Um, you know, different circumstances will allow for like maybe more of a longer, further out travel. So you have more time to inspect the course if need be, you know, if you're traveling to a race that's like much higher altitude than you're used to, it's probably better to travel like the day before if possible to minimize the altitude sickness that could, um, possibly happen or anything like that so there are some variables there so but figure out you know when to travel and then plan ahead all the little details too so a lot of reducing stress comes from planning ahead um you know be a planner even if you want to i don't know some people think it's like 
cooler or something to be more like spontaneous. Oh gosh, not when you're traveling. Yeah, but you know, don't. <laughs> like when you and Sophie and Toby were heading to Puerto Rico, there's so much planning. It was, do we need passports? No, but had we needed passports, we would have had to plan ahead for that. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to the airport, um, you know what? Three adults and three bike bags and three giant duffel bags. That we have to leave at 3 a.m. No one, none gonna, of our friends are going to want to take us. <laughs> none, of you, none of our friends. We're yeah. not going to wake up your dad. Right. Like, And we can't hire a normal Uber. We're going to have to hire like a giant um, like 15-passenger van to fit all the stuff. So it's like right. planning that ahead, reduce stress that morning. Exactly. Exactly. So, tr- yeah, you nailed it. Transport um, to and from the airports. Um, meals while you're traveling is a big one too, if, right. if at all possible. Like if you're driving, it's super easy. Like plan ahead, pack your meals. Like avoid the crappy food at the gas stations and fast food. Plan ahead, have food you know that is going to be good for you and support that maximized performance. Um, if you're traveling by airplane, it's a little trickier, but maybe do some research to if you know like there's a layover in Dallas and you can maybe look up what's available in the Dallas airport based on how much time you have. And you can pick the best fast service food right. um, to accommodate. And you kind of know what your plan is when you get off the airplane. You know, all that stuff, again, reduces stress rather than getting off the plane and be like, okay, we got 45 minutes. Where do we go? Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> run, run. Because um, we did do that on our way to Puerto Rico. So, um, And then lastly, like all the gear that you need. It's different races are, have different gear um, needs. Um, as far as like, do you need a trainer for warm up? Do you need spare wheels in the pit for cross country mountain bike racing? Do you need, you know, X, Y, and Z spare tires in case you flat one and the pre-rides, you know, all those sorts of things. Um, gathering those, figuring out how you're going to transport them in your car or on the plane and all that sort of thing. So bottom line, plan ahead and, and think ahead of like every scenario you can reduce right, the stress. Right. Um, and then lastly, we sort of touched on this, but like packing your food preferences, like once you get to the location is really helpful so like when we went to puerto rico we brought we brought like our favorite peanut butter and a few other foods that like we were pretty certain were not going to be available at the olympic center that we stayed at um and that was kind of a nice change from like the beans and rice that was basically every meal there so we at least had peanut butter and um tortillas to eat that we liked so anyway most important. I just saw a post yeah. on social media from Erin Huck that she was packing a giant box of Kodiak cakes. Yeah, there to you go, go to Europe because she wanted to have the pancakes she wanted. Right, right. Because that again, it reduces the stress and helps you maximize your performance. So, um, anything else? Did we miss anything? No. I, I well, just one little thing, but we kind of touched on that is like clothing that you pack. Mm, yeah. Don't assume. And I That's a great one. Actually. I totally messed this up and so did Tristan, um one of the kids on our team. We both didn't realize how cold it was going to be in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Why we thought it was going to be like 70 and sunny every day, I have no idea. <laughs> right. But I didn't bring a windbreaker and he didn't bring any kind of knee warmers or or leg warmers yeah. or gloves. So, <clears throat> I mean, we you just can't assume. You need to look up the weather reports and then just sort of pack for the worst case scenario. Right. In most situations, I always bring everything. Yeah, As far as like everything. jackets, vests, warmers, all that stuff. With the extreme, ex- like when we'd go to Hawaii for exterior Maui or Puerto Rico, very similar environment. It's like, I knew I wasn't getting any leg warmers um, or like a jacket, but I still, I think I still brought like a vest and mm-hmm. some knee warmers just in case, like maybe just it was chilly in, in the morning or something, which it wasn't, but... Again, plan ahead. Yeah, but yeah, I plan I for the worst. It, plan for the worst, and and plan for different climates. Like we live in a dry climate here in Denver, mm-hmm. and 
we had two sort of pathetic raincoats in the RV that sufficed, but like some of the kids had to run up to Walmart and get ponchos because right. we don't own raincoats in Denver. Right. And we brought our first umbrella or first umbrella I've ever bought. Yes. <laughs> yeah, our, uh, Arizona boy had never owned an umbrella. Yeah. So, I didn't know really how to operate it. Yeah. You it. broke it. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. That's a good tip. So think about clothing again. It all comes down to planning. I mean, most of this is about planning. Um, because what's the key takeaway? Reducing your stress maximizes your performance. Exactly. So that's the, the main takeaway for a week of a race. Reduce that stress, maximize performance, and you're good to go. I think that nailed it. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for Sign listening. Sign up for a race. Exactly. Check us out. Um, website, weightendurance.com. Our Instagram, weightendurance. Um, Strava, both you and I are on Strava. You oh, can look yeah. at Cody Waite and Cassie Um And then we do... Some stuff on Facebook, but not a, an enormous amount. So, um, And you can email us questions in Cody at TeamWeight.com or Kathy at TeamWeight.com. And lastly, ratings and reviews are always helpful and sharing with your friends. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> it's like a speed episode. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the Weight Endurance Training Community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist. Thank you.